Welcome to The Code, your guide to health and human performance. I'm your host, Dr. Andrew Fix from Physio Room, a performance-based rehab facility here in Denver. On this podcast, we're going to explore the key areas of your life that impact your overall health and wellness, from sleep hygiene and stress management to nutrition, movement, relationships, and more. We bring you conversations with industry experts and top performers to share strategies they have for cracking the code on health and human performance. Now let's get to today's show. What's going on, guys? Dr. Andrew Fix back here for another episode on the code. This is an early morning one. I'm excited to be hopping on here before I go into the office, see clients for the day. And um, as you guys know, I'm a performance-based physical therapist with a practice here in the Denver area named Physio Room. And um, as you can imagine, the topic we're going to get into today is one that I talk about pretty much every day. Now, do I talk about it in the exact same context? Mm, Not necessarily, right? It depends on what questions get asked during the day when we're working with clients. Depends on what kind of conversations I'm having with other people in the office, whether it's coaches, trainers, uh, other coworkers of ours. But this topic of injury prevention compared to improving performance or performance enhancement. And, uh, you know, I, I was in a fitness facility here in the Denver area yesterday participating in a uh, DECA Strong event. Uh, it's a fitness fitness competition where you're pretty much competing, you know, you're competing against yourself, against the clock, right? There's 10 stations and um, you are trying to work your way through those 10 stations of movements. Some are cardio-based, some are strength-based, but a fair number of repetitions. And, you know, you're trying to pace yourself appropriately so that you can get through those uh, as quickly as possible. And I had a table set up at this gym uh, where we were doing injury screens for people. We were helping them with recovery. If somebody had something bothering them, we were sort of checking that out for them, trying to point them in the right direction of, hey, this is what we're finding. This is what it looks like is going on. And this is what we would recommend you do about it. And with a couple of those individuals that participated in the event, I got on the topic of, you know, should we address these things that we're finding? Should we address this mobility issue in your hip or strength issue in your hip or mobility issue in your ankle? As an example, should we address these things as it re, you know, pertains to or because of reducing your risk of injury? injury prevention or should we address these things because if we do it is likely to improve your performance and um you know guys really i think the answer is both and i have this conversation with coworkers often when we're talking about marketing right we're talking about how do we go communicate to people in the community uh whether it's runners whether it's cyclists how do we communicate to them if we think we could help them in our office you know, we see that there's things like we're watching a 5K, for example. We see that we think we can help people based on how they're running or based on the fact that they're limping after the race or they're wearing a knee brace, right? Naturally, we start wondering what's going on. But how do you communicate to that person? Because I'll tell you, and I'm, I've been the first one to be guilty of this. Um, I have had my fair share of injuries, which is why I care about it now. But not everybody really cares that much about injury prevention until they've had an injury, right? Not everybody really understands how it feels and, you know, the disappointment, the frustration of being hurt, being injured, I should say. There's a difference between being hurt and being injured. 
but not everybody knows how it feels to be injured and to be really missing the sport and activities that you love to do. But once you sustain one and you have to miss that time, you have to miss that participation. You don't get to be there with your teammates or with your kids or with your spouse even, right? Maybe maybe your partner and you have a lot of fitness things you like to do together. Maybe you like to hike or you like to go on uh, travel to go to marathons or half marathons. And that's a big part of your like relationship and things you love to do. Well, if you're injured and you can't participate, man, how does that change things, right? It sucks is what I'm getting at. But not everybody has gone through an experience like that yet. And hopefully people don't, right? I'm not here wishing injuries on people. But sometimes you have to come up uh, at that conversation from a different angle. And you have to speak to them about how can we improve your performance? Because what I've learned, at least with people who are serious about fitness, is not everybody cares about the injury prevention piece if they haven't sustained an injury. But almost everybody wants to perform better, right? Almost everybody wants to do better have a better time, lift more weight, run faster, like whatever, or just their body feels better while they're doing it. Um, whatever that might be, people want to be better. So sometimes that's the angle that I come across in that conversation. Now let's start to really boil down, you know, if, if we are doing an assessment, the physical therapists doing an assessment on somebody and we find areas uh, that, we, that we can improve, right? Like I mentioned before, ankle mobility restrictions strength or mobility issues in the hips, core stability limitations, whatever it is, what's the difference between addressing that to prevent injury compared to addressing that to improve their performance? In my eyes, it is virtually the same thing. The same things that we would do to help somebody mitigate their risk of injury are the same things we're going to do to try and help them improve their performance. Now, maybe not everybody knows that, but, you know, we're going to address that the same. What are the big categories, right? The things that we really look at in, in life. And we talk about it on this podcast, sleep, movement, nutrition, stress management, and relationships. But especially the, those, first, uh, those first four, those things, if you have your sleep dialed in, you're managing your stress effectively you move and exercise and have an adequate training program, and then your nutrition is dialed in. If you can balance out those four buckets and really have things in line, you are going to really improve your performance and or really reduce your risk of injury. Okay. So, you know, having a, the training side is maybe the easiest one that we think of, right? Do you have a skilled coach that's putting together a training program for you? Right. Or are you just randomly going and doing stuff at the gym, which might be okay in a lot of scenarios, right? Are you just trying to stay in shape? Then I just want people to move first and foremost. But if you're training for a sport or activity, hopefully you have a skilled coach that's putting together a program for you. And, you know, that program has a nice balance of whatever components you're trying to train for, right? So, for example, say you're a runner or a cyclist and you're trying to train for a running or a biking race, hopefully, you have easier runs or, or rides. Hopefully you have some tempo or some interval work. Hopefully you have like a longer one. And hopefully you have some weightlifting and some mobility work structured into your program, some resistance training, probably at least two days a week, right? Hopefully you're completing a warm-up and a cool-down procedure prior to each practice or training session. Now, on the nutrition side, 
let's not go down too deep of a rabbit hole, but hopefully you're eating enough protein to adequately support the muscle and the repair of the tissue uh, from the training that you're doing. And just hopefully you're taking in enough calories so that you're giving your body the nutrients that it needs in order to sustain the amount of training that you're trying to do. Because if we don't eat adequately, we see injuries, particularly of the overuse variety of the tendons and muscles and or the stress fracture side of things when we start talking about bone. And we see this a lot in this running community, especially. Hey guys, Dr. Andrew Fix from Physio Room here. Thanks again for tuning in to listen to us on the code. Really appreciate your time. And for that, I want to share a special offer from Physio Room extended to you guys. So if you want to have an opportunity to work with us at Physio Room for any fitness, performance rehab, pain relief, whatever that might be, when you reach out to us to schedule your appointment in person or virtual, we're going to offer you 20% off for being a code listener. So just be sure to mention that you heard about it on the podcast and we will make sure to extend that offer to you. We look forward to working with you. Thank you so much, guys. Now, when we start talking about stress and sleep, it's not necessarily overly complicated of like what we need to do, but that doesn't make it easy to do it, right? When we start talking about stress, it is you know much more commonplace now in 2023 to you know talk to your friends or family about seeing a mental health provider, seeing a psychotherapist, something like that. That's something that I've started to do. I go to a psychotherapy appointment a month, and uh, and I was doing those virtually, but you know I really prefer I work in person generally with clients. We do some virtual work at Physio Room, but we do much more in person work. So I prefer to go in person to those appointments too, because it's really what I'm used to. And I think body language is very important. And um, anyways, man, I've found that valuable. Just having somebody that you can speak to that can ask you questions and generate some, some real deep thought and have you, uh, you know, have you talk with them that has a different perspective. They're not living in the scenario that you're in. They're able to give you this perspective that is, you know, from above the trees, so to speak. It's hard to see the forest through the trees. And um, when you can have somebody else that has that 30,000 foot view and you just are in it day to day, it really can make an impact because they can, it can really get you thinking and help you get out of your own head sometimes. Back on the training side of things, I mean, this is really common for high level athletes. They're working with psychotherapists. They're doing things like neurofeedback, you know, brain training, we are, uh, or they're working with like a sports psychologist or a mental performance coach. I don't really care what you call it. At the end of the day, doing some sort of training for the mental aspect is really important. We talk about training our body. We need to train our mind too. So, you know, having some sort of practice put in place where you're doing that would be valuable. And then let's talk about sleep, right? How can we use sleep and optimize it to either reduce the risk of injury and or improve performance. Well, I'll be the first one to tell you, I'm sure you know this too. When you're sleeping better, I'm sure you feel better. And then you have more energy when you go throughout your day, whether you're working, whether you're going to the gym, whether you're playing with, with your children or going for a run, right? So we inherently know, and, and it's pretty like obvious from a uh, feeling standpoint that when I'm sleeping better, I feel better. But what do the statistics say? I'm going to pull up an article here. And um, I mean, this st statistic is staggering. Of course, sleep has a wide ranging of effect on sports performance and our well-being. Chronic suboptimal sleep. How does that affect the risk of musculoskeletal pain and sports injury? 
So here you go. The amount of sleep that consistency consistently has been found to be associated with increased risk of injury is less than or equal to seven hours of sleep which when sustained for periods of at least 14 days has been associated with a 1.7 times greater risk of musculoskeletal injury. That's insane, you guys. That is a huge, huge number. And if we say this kind of on the flip side, conversely, those who reported more than eight hours of sleep a night had their injury risk reduced by 61% compared to those who had less than eight hours of sleep. So what's interesting is the 14 days part, right? And I'm, I think a lot of people have felt this. You could have one bad night's sleep. You, you might have a game or an event tomorrow morning and you sleep really poor tonight. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to play bad. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have an increased uh, risk of getting hurt because our body has a little bit of a lag time, right? It doesn't change the body's mm, tendency or risk to get hurt by having one bad night of sleep. But if we are chronically sleeping poorly for 14 days or more, right, we are lacking sleep less than seven hours, right, which a lot of people don't get seven hours. So um, less than seven hours of sleep for a sustained period increases your risk of injury by 1.7 times. And that is a big number, right? So when we start thinking about college athletes or parents or, you know, whoever it might be, who are constantly lacking sleep, we need to take that into account when we're deciding what we're going to do, how we're going to push our body. And as a physical therapist, right, sleep is probably one of the biggest categories that we can start to talk about and dial in, try to help be a resource for, to help our clients dial it in so that they are supporting their recovery, so that they're supporting the training that they're trying to do, right? Because we work with pretty active people in our practice at Physio Room, at least. But if you already have an injury and now we're trying to get it to heal, it's the same thing, right? We need that sleep in order to let that tissue repair take place. So really, if we start talking about how much sleep does somebody need, the answer is at least seven hours, right? Is that optimal to get seven hours and five minutes? No, not quite optimal. We want more. We want more than eight hours of sleep a night. But how do we get that, right? There's a lot of sleep trackers and devices and things you could wear. Um, whether it's just a, a watch, like a Garmin or something, or an Aura ring or a Whoop. Uh, this is not an Aura ring if you're watching the video. But um, but yeah, you, you could wear one of a number of things. But what the data on pretty much all of those shows is if I'm in bed from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m., eight hours, that does not mean that I got eight hours of sleep, right? That means that I probably got somewhere in the neighborhood of seven because it took me a few minutes to fall asleep. There's time throughout the night when we're uh, transitioning through these sleep phase phases. Is it REM? Is it deep sleep? Is it light sleep? Or are you actually awake for a little bit, right? And these trackers do a fairly good job, better than some other things, right? Better than just us looking at the clock of uh, trying to estimate how much sleep that we're actually getting. And what we pretty much consistently find is if you're in bed for approximately eight hours, you got closer to seven hours of sleep or maybe a little bit over seven, but there's probably somewhere between 30 and 60 minutes that you weren't actually sleeping during that time. So what I'm getting at is if you want to improve your performance or you want to reduce your risk of injury, you're going to do the same things, right? You need to sleep adequately. 
try to shoot for eight hours of sleep. Try to give yourself a window where you're in bed for closer to nine hours. And I understand that's very difficult, right? You know, my um, work and my training and everything, I'm usually in bed for, I don't know, we'll call it eight, eight and a half hours. I'm trying to really hit that more than seven hours of sleep, but it's hard for me to be in bed for nine. And I really try to wake up and go to bed at a similar time, whether it's on the weekend or whether it's during the weekday. Um, you know, we have to manage our stress appropriately. We need our mind to be functioning at a high level, just like we need our body to. When we're undergoing a lot of mental stress, it is going to result in more physical stress being felt in the body. We need to fuel ourselves appropriately with the nutrition, with the food that we're taking in, whatever kind of nutrition program or diet you subscribe to. I hope you're getting enough calories to sustain and support your training. And I hope you're getting enough protein in to support the tissue damage and repair that training causes because we want to repair that, right? We need our body to have the fuel in order to go through that process. And, um, and I hope you have a well-structured training program and you're working with a coach or a physical therapist or a very skilled chiropractor, or maybe, maybe that's even a massage therapist that does understand some movement as well, right? They understand proper movement patterns so that they can point you in the right direction of how do we address these little nagging things? Because that's going to help you not get hurt. That's also going to help you just be better in your sport or activity that you love to do. And we want to help support you in this show on the code, right? If you have questions about things that might be bothering you, or you're just trying to crank it up a notch, you be sure to let me know, let us know. We uh, would love some comments or some reviews or whatever, whatever you want to leave. And we'll be sure to get an episode out on those things or sort of have that conversation with you guys. So I really appreciate you tuning in, listening to me just go off on a tangent on this topic. We had no notes today, right? My notebook's over here. And um, this is just a topic that I'm very passionate about. We talk about it all the time. And I just wanted to help you to understand that you don't have to do something different to improve, improve your performance compared to prevent injuries, right? And this is assuming you already have a training program in place. It's the same stuff. And that's why it's, it's fun for us because we get to have this conversation with people and just relate it to what they really want to know about. So we'll catch you guys on another episode of The Code, hopefully next week. Thank you again for listening and have an awesome day. See ya.